0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me once again this week, stepping in for Mike Lockman, we have Roger Brown from the NH Football Report and the Union Leader. Roger, thanks again for joining us.
1: Yep, happy to be here, Joe.
0: Yeah. Uh, of course, we are, you know, it, it may feel like we've gone com- straight from Halloween to uh, January 15th, um, but we're actually in the first or, or finished up the first week of the uh, football playoffs, the quarterfinals, in uh, semifinals in division four uh, getting ready for some more playoff games this weekend uh, any um, anything from this weekend really jump out at you as kind of being a surprise or uh, uh, something maybe you weren't expecting uh, coming from the weekend
1: yeah quite a few of them actually um, I guess uh, you know Bo's margin of victory over sauhegan was a surprise yeah, yeah. Um, I even gave Sao a good chance to win that game. Um, Hillsborough Deering, you know their victory, which we talked about a little bit uh, before we went on air here, um, just because they got beat so bad by Manadnock during the regular season. Uh, that was a number one, another one that surprised me. Um, Merrimack, not a, not so much. Um, you know, I guess. I was at the Londonderry Pinkerton game. I guess margin of victory there was a yeah. little surprising. I mean,
0: it was, we, we both kind of talked about you know what was Londonderry having to get Pinkerton in the first round. Yeah, you know, right. after finally finally kind of getting the monkey off their back, uh, they got to do it again a second time. What I, I mean, I you know we were both at the regular season game and we both kind of saw that third quarter of that game where Pinkerton, Pinkerton was able to kind of turn momentum in their favor. What happened? saturday that they never got the opportunity to do that turnovers
1: they uh matter of fact they took the opening kickoff pinkerton and they did exactly what i think they would have had to do to pull off the upset which was they were driving uh running the ball um uh, picking up first downs I, I, you know rough estimate i want to say they moved the ball 50 yards they were probably around the londonderry 25 and chewing up clock and you're thinking hmm you know, if they can do this for a good portion of the day, we, we may have a close game here heading into the fourth quarter. But then they fumbled, and um, even then they, they made a good defensive stand, but um, Londonderry held on uh, Pinkerton's second possession, and what really turned it was a bad snap from punt formation. Um, you know, fairly deep in Pinkerton territory, so Londonderry had a short field and scored. um you know, I think Pinkerton had six turnovers in the game, wow. plus that uh, bad snap, yeah. and you know some of them were those. They, I forget exactly the sequence, but they scored late in the second quarter. Londonderry. Pinkerton fumbled the ensuing kickoff, and London got another quick touchdown. You know, things like that you just can't have happen. Um, and a, you know, a couple of the turnovers were second half, where it was pretty much decided at that yeah. point, anyways. But what Pickerton gave them in the first half was too much for them to have a chance to win.
0: So that's, uh, what, I th- uh, Londonderry's first playoff win since 2001? I think Is so, that right? yeah. That's, I mean, you know, that's been a successful program going back into, what, the 90s, um, sure, 80s. Sure, yeah. yep. um, You know, to think that that's, that they hadn't won a playoff game in 18 years. But, I mean, how many times have they gotten into the playoffs and their first matchup has been with, with Pinkerton? Pinkerton,
1: yeah, that's their biggest problem. They're in that, you know, conference. And, uh, you know, you gotta you got to get past Pinkerton just to get out of there. Right. You know, uh, a lot of years. Um, I think it's also – got to check on this. I, I believe it's also the first time um beat Pinkerton twice in a year. I, I mean, I would I guess it is. It would make sense, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I know they played twice quite a few times, but um, pretty sure that was the first time they won yeah. two.
0: Uh, I was at the other, uh, of course, the one versus four matchup uh, in Division One, Merrimack and Nashua North. I think we we did talk about um, you know the potential for upset there too, given Curtis Harris's status going into the game for North. Um, he didn't end up playing; um, was kind of week to week from what I read. You know, going through the playoffs, and um, I you know I thought that North's defense was going to be good enough to still give them a very good chance, and they and they they did you know they did have a chance. Um, and, again, it was some turnovers early that really hurt the Titans. They end up losing 26-7 to to Merrimack. Um, just, uh, you know, if anyone that wants to note, that's only, the, what, the second time a four seed has beaten a one seed in Division One since they switched to this uh, playoff format in 2013, I believe, um, with Pinkerton's win over Londonderry being the first one. Um, I think that's right.
1: Sounds right. Yeah, Sounds right yeah. to me. We'll go
0: with it. Yeah. Um, you know, in that one, it was um, – Because
1: that's what I told Jimmy on last week. I said, Jimmy, you got to relax. When's the last time a four-seed ever <laughs> beat a one-seed?
0: <laughs> <laughs> when it was the only time. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, yeah, but it was, like I said, turnovers. Um, North had three fumbles in the first half. Uh, their defense was able to come up with stops on the first two. Um, it was a 6 nothing game for most of the first half. And then Merrimack had had the ball in North Territory most of the half. And North is finally able to get some a drive going, and then they p- punt and pin Merrimack back at their twenty. And Merrimack goes on an eighty-yard drive and scores to make it, you know, um, thirteen nothing. Uh, a couple plays later, North fumbles again. Merrimack gets a quick touchdown uh, on a on a pass that was um, I don't know how it got completed.
1: I actually saw that. The, it, the was, video, it was yeah. like a it's like one of those Franco Harris yeah uh, kind, of Kyle, type uh, things. kind of shoestring type
0: things. Kyle Crampton, who was in a quarterback for Merrimack. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if he meant to do it this way or cause kid didn't look open. Jake Trahan, um, he got it by two North defenders, not like overthrowing them. He actually, if this makes sense, he threw it under them. Like it was low on low enough ball that neither kid could reach down to, to get it. But the Merrimack kid like reached scooped down, it scooped it up before it hit the turf and then was gone for 49 yards. Yeah. I saw I, that It play, was, yep. yeah, I, it was kind of, uh did that really just happen um but you know that made it 19 and, nothing and it turned out to be a big score because north came out and and went right down the field in their first drive of the second half and scored you know if it's a 13-7 game instead of 19-7 then, i mean it was a you know it would have taken a lot from north i think to to come back and win that game because they were it was you know they it was almost like they needed one more guy on offense and obviously harris is harris is almost like a guy and a half sure yeah um and they've you lost know, others too. Yeah, and they're, um, yeah, the big one was uh, Xavier Provost earlier in the year. I did, you know, I kind of wondered that how much of a difference would that kid make. Um, you know, I think they had some guys get banged up during the game too. Because um, I'm forgetting names, but there was someone that came out and I didn't see much um, after early in the game. Uh, but it's like they just needed one more person to be able to step up and make a play,
1: and, yeah, and they know, couldn't get that. Depth matters, right? Yeah. And
0: um, Merrimack has it. Mer- Merrimack has tons of depth and it's i think it's going to be big this week because again um james dowling who was playing more of a you know slot running back position went down with another ankle injury to his other ankle uh at the end of the game so who knows i'm not sure what his status is going into this week but it looks like
1: that first game i was at that first merrimack exeter game and i just you know i don't know if merrimack was just uh Trying too hard to take away Exeter's run game, but that really opened up some big pass plays for Exeter that game. Uh, I think they even had a trick play for for a touchdown, fake field goal, I believe. Um,
0: Exeter did. You mean yeah, yeah? I think that sounds right. Yeah.
1: And uh, I mean, just totally out of character. Exeter was throwing the ball all over the place and completing passes for touchdowns and whatnot. So um, Merrimack left a lot of room for improvement in their performance that night. So I would expect a much tighter game this time around.
0: And of course, Exeter um showing off their their what their quick strike capability. The, I that mean that's what you think of when you think of Exeter, right? Their <laughs> their ability to strike quickly. I and, think that was my story that night was, <laughs> you know,
1: this is crazy, um, you know, three touchdown passes and trick plays and
0: and they they showed it again against uh against South last Saturday. A 42-27 win that seemed from what I read South ran like double the plays that that it was Exeter was crazy. Ran. Yeah, I think it was I, more than double. More, I mean that's and, and Exeter averaged almost 15 yards that's per remarkable. play. Remarkable. I, I mean that's not what you think of when you think of, of Exeter football. but uh, If they're uh, getting
1: 15 yards per play, you're in trouble no matter how much yeah, you have the ball because, yeah. you know, they're scoring too much, obviously, you know.
0: Uh, and then the, um, the final quarterfinal on Saturday, you had Salem beating Goffstown 32-10, to which sounded like it was maybe um, – I mean, that's a little bit more from what I think I expected when they played in the regular season. It's just that Goffstown was able to make more plays in that game in the fourth quarter, and this time Salem was good down the stretch. And able to pull away
1: I watched about a quarter of that game and so I can't speak to the you know what happened after that but Gostown was right there with them if not you know the better team for a quarter um and it would have been scoreless after one except for uh Salem intercepted a pass and ran it back for TD so again it was in that case it was a it was a turnover that got them going um and I think there were more after that but um
0: that's a big momentum swing yeah, early in the game, yeah.
1: You know, they were Gaston was playing well, I guess is my point. I was I was surprised, um, you know, they were able to move the ball, and, um, you know, things were going their way until that, you know, pass ended up in their own end zone.
0: Uh, so we've got our, our D1 matchups for the semifinals. You've got Merrimack at Exer, Salem at Londonderry. Uh, two of those, um, if I, I'm remembering this correctly, Two of these teams have been in the semifinals, three, one three years in a row and one three out of four years. Uh, Salem, I think this is their third year in a row in the semis. The other one is Merrimack um, that, you know, Kip Jackson mentioned that after the game that they've been in the semis three of the last four years.
1: This is where people and, get off the train for both of those teams, well, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, in past years. Well,
0: but I'm, my, my point is, or what I was getting at was, um, you know, semis three of the last four years after going – what, 20 years about with one playoff appearance? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, obviously, Kip's
1: done a good job over there. You know, um, we were talking earlier that you get a good coach running a program and yeah. it doesn't take long to get results. That's what happened there, I'm sure. Not that they haven't had good coaches, but there's been a lot of turnover and whatnot. And um, he's clearly done a good job.
0: In the past, it's always, at least since I've, I've been around, it seems like they would get a good, they'd get a new coach, they'd get a good group out to start out with, and then they just weren't able to keep momentum going. You know, that they'd, they'd get a, a class or two of kids that were re- into it, that were putting in the extra work, they'd come up a little bit short, and then next thing you know in two years there's like a senior class of eight kids that comes through and you're back where you started almost. They
1: were, were always a strong Division two program under Joe Raycraft, really strong. Um, and then I remember when they moved up to Division one, they were still – you know, very competitive. I remember covering a game where they beat Nashua uh, when Nashua just still had the one school. Um, so I think when Joe left, you know, maybe that's when things started to go downhill a little bit. Um, but certainly got it going now. And I, I think f- from talking to Kip, I think they're going to be pretty good next year, too. Yeah,
0: I w- I, yeah so talking I to him at the beginning of the season, he, um, you know, he likes the senior class that they have now and, and the junior class, I think just maybe has a little bit more depth to it um than than they might have now but you know three out of four years after i think in the, in the final four being one of those final four teams um you know regardless of what happens i think they put together a nice little run sure
1: yeah you know. and you know unfortunate for north um having such a good regular season and then the injury and multiple injuries really but not really having a chance in the playoffs, you know. Yeah,
0: that's that's the f- the frustrating frustrating part is, is kind of wondering what it what would have been. Sure. What if? Yep. Um. You know, the other th- other interesting thing too, I think, um, since again 2013, since they expanded to 20 teams in Division One, I, um, I think every Division One champion has been an undefeated undefeated team, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um,
1: Could be Concord um,
0: Pinkerton. Goffstown those first three years, to Bedford, Bedford and Winnetka in between there, so all those teams were undefeated. So looking, I, I, I got to imagine maybe that gives uh, Londonderry a little pressure's bit of pressure on, uh, yeah. Pressure's <laughs> on somebody. <laughs> um, so they're the, they're the last undefeated team remaining. Um, you know, in, in Division Two, uh, we've got what um, one undefeated team still going. Um, you you mentioned Bow beating Sauhegan 51 to 7. I yeah, think three
1: uh, of the lower seeds won last weekend, yeah, correct? Yeah, the other
0: three teams were all all the other three games were all road wins. Um you had number 5 Hollis Brookline beating Kennett 49-21, which I think we kind of thought would happen. Um but still, you know, going from Hollis to Kennett is is enough of a drive to maybe make that, you know, more of a f- uh, than just a four or five game. Uh you had Alvern- Going to Milford as a seven seed, beating Milford twenty to seven in a rematch of a regular season game a week ago that went to overtime. Or uh, yeah, went to overtime and, and Milford needed a uh, two point conversion to win that yeah, game.
1: Yeah, Alv- Auburn Alv- Alv- came back late. I think yeah. in that one, A little then, surprise. Uh, Milford didn't score more in that game. I guess that was another. Yeah, uh, I, I think surprise. they they
0: again had some t- issues with turnovers. Um, I believe, you know, and then number six Plymouth coming down to Pelham, beating Pelham uh, fourteen to twelve. Again on a late um defensive stand on a two point conversion which i you know feels like that's the that's the theme for this uh the southern conference of d two this year is two point can you make a two point yeah, conversion when, when
1: you need to <laughs> um yeah.
0: you know and then you look at it so we our semifinals are hollis Brookline, and bow, and then a rematch of the championship game last year Plymouth or Alvern so one of those teams alvern or Plymouth is going to be in the final again this year uh taking on uh Two teams that probably couldn't be more different from each other in Hollis Brookline and Bow.
1: Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one, and I'm sure you know the Plymouth fans probably expected the Bobcats to win, but I'm not sure they expected to have a home game this weekend. No, you of know, course not. so it's a little extra bonus for them. Um, but those should uh, th- the Division Two's been interesting, and uh, you know, I-, I don't think anybody should be shocked by last weekend's outcomes. Um, but I still think we got two very intriguing matchups in the semifinals, like especially that Bo game, like you said, with the contrast of styles. Um, and, I, you know, I'm going to ride that Hollis-Brookline bandwagon until if they can play a little defense, you know, uh, be tough against the run, I think they got a good chance.
0: I mean, that's that's probably – when you look at it from, from Hollis's perspective, you know, have they played any – I don't know if they've played anybody as physical as Bo. Milford probably um, – I saw both- play
1: a really physical game against Alvern yeah. near the end of yeah. the ring. It was, it was both teams were really physical and, um, you know, that was, that's when I really uh, was impressed with Hollis-Brookline because, you know, the, yeah, they can score, they can throw it, they've got good athletes, but, you know, Alvern, they were, they were both uh, throwing punches at each other, not literally, but um, so that, you know, you had to be a real strong physical uh, team on both sides of the ball to, to come away with a win that day, and, and Hollis had what it took. So,
0: You know, the, the flip side of that, though, is has Bo played – I mean, I know they've played Souhegan in the last two weeks, um, a team that runs a spread offense like Hollis does, but they haven't – I don't think they've – you know, no knock on Souhegan, but I, this year I don't think their offense is kind of the caliber that, that Hollis Brookline's is. Um, Sander Wimmer's just a different specimen than, you know, the rest of uh, you know maybe some of these spread quarterbacks in the division.
1: They might be the closest thing to Londonderry, really, in terms of weapons. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, lots of wide receivers like Londonderry has. Very good running back, good quarterback um, who can run it as well as and plays defense. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when you when you've got that many um, weapons on offense, that's that's what makes it tough to defend. And Hollis Brookline has; they're real good players, as you know. So. Um, I would think Bo is going to have to score a lot if they're going to win that one.
0: You know, I, I thinking of trying to. You know, I don't. I've not had the opportunity to to see them side by side, maybe on Saturday, but I'm thinking. You know, Bo has Steve Garrett who's a you know physical runner, big kid. He may be about the same size as as uh, the two Wimmer twins. Yeah, they're physically. tough to bring <laughs> like down. Like tough to bring down. You know, the quarterback so that's, th- that's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting matchup, kind of there. You know, especially if you get one of them running with a full steam. At each other, Um, I'm, I'm, I haven't haven't fully decided on what's going on, but I think I might head up to that one. uh, That'll be a good one, and
1: and it'll be interesting to see, you know, if Hollis somehow jumps out to a lead. You know, um, I don't think they're gonna get conservative. That's not who they are. No, I don't think they
0: they can get conservative. No,
1: so uh, you know, it's just a lot of interesting things in that game and how it plays out is gonna be could be fascinating. You know, Mm -hmm. just. just because of the style contrast and the strategy and whatnot.
0: Uh, you know, and then, you know, you, you talked a little bit about Hillsborough during Hopkinton uh, with a 54-14 win over Manadnock in the Division Three quarterfinals. Um, kind of an interesting path that they've kind of the got going here. Of course, they, they lost big to Manadnock during the regular season. Now they go up to Lebanon, which beat Laconia 42-7 um, last weekend. Lebanon, a team that... Um, got a pick six late in the first half against uh the red hawks i think it was a 21-14 game going into halftime and then they just blew them out in the second half kind of what happened against monadnock too so kind of a, an interesting rematch i think um could potentially be a closer game than maybe people would think of just looking at that final score and then on the other side um stevens uh, again uh, a 20 to 8 win over campbell Uh, something had to give there i think campbell's ended their season in the playoffs the last three years and uh, or were they gonna somehow find a way to get into the semifinals again
1: stevens what they've done is remarkable really i think they've um i believe this is the fourth straight year they've pulled off an upset in the first round
0: i believe so yeah
1: um and even that 2016 team that won it i i think i have the year right um 15 They're, or
0: 16, yeah. Yeah, yeah. their,
1: their first-round game was against Campbell. They got to play it at home, but they were still a lower seed. It right. was just the way they did things. They had to, they had to beat three higher seeds to win the championship the, either way. Well, And
0: that was the year they went to Manadnock, and Manadnock was undefeated having just right, come down right. from D2. And I don't think they'd had a close game all year, and they, they beat him
1: And then they whipped Interlakes, who yeah. beat them by 30 or something in the uh, regular season. Yeah. So, But just the fact, you know, they beat Trinity last year. They really seem to... To get it going on defense for uh, for whatever that first round game, I believe last year's Trinity game was seven nothing. I think there was some bad weather, but um, that to, you know, I know Campbell was shorthanded, but they held them to one touchdown. So um, that's a team you don't want to see when the when the pairings come out. You know, you don't yeah. want, you don't want a first round matchup against Stevens? At
0: least I wouldn't. Well, speaking of Trinity, they get Trinity right. um, this weekend after Trinity beat Newport thirty five nothing field conditions not going to be a factor in this one cuz i'm assuming they're playing on trinity's nice new turf field up there. Uh, so they'll just have to survive the uh, the bitter cold. Yeah, and
1: but you know they beat him on Gill at Gill last year, so um, and i know it was, it was another one of those games it was uh, uh, 36-13 something like that. Trinity beat him in the regular season, so um, You know, you'd like to think that because Stevens beat them last year, Trinity will be focused and, uh, you know, no chance of looking past them, that sort of thing. But you just never know with high school kids. But Stevens is going to come in and uh, feel like they're playing with house money, I'm sure, and um, dangerous team, you know.
0: You know, kind of interesting, too, that, I mean, looking at that, uh, of those four teams, um, you know, we're not going to get Monadnock-Campbell part three in the final. We're going to have two new teams which is um, good i think the championship i mean stevens is actually what the only one out of those four that's been there before yeah um, and it's been yep. it's been a couple of years so i think that's that's a fun thing you know getting to see getting different programs to experience um you know what it's like to go up there and play a championship game
1: yeah and the communities get to follow them up there so um nothing against monadnock or campbell but um i agree good to see new blood up there for sure
0: uh, and then, you know, you got, um with Division Four semifinals this past Saturday. So they'll be looking at their championship game this weekend. Uh, Winnesquan beating Bishop Brady 34-7. Fall Mountain coming up with a 37-0 win over Raymond. In, um, I know we talked about, you know, what was that going to be their first playoff if they'd won their first playoff win or when was the last time they'd won. I, I saw the Keene Sentinel had it as their first playoff win.
1: Yeah, I have them uh, as 0-3 heading into that yeah, game. Yeah, okay. So that was so that was
0: their first playoff. Yeah,
1: play. um, and just playing an outstanding defense. You know, I think they've allowed 14 points uh, since week three or since since their second game, anyways. Um, you know, ball control defense. Uh, they'll have to play. You know that ma- the matchup in Division Four, to me in my mind, is similar to the Salem Londonderry matchup where you got. Uh, one team very explosive on offense, which is Winnesquam and Londonderry, and the other team will try and play keep away with um, ball possession, chew up the clock, that sort of thing, and and play defense. So, um, you know, I mean, Winnesquam, great program, uh, but good to see Fall Mountain have some success. They really were on hard times. You know, the program uh, dropped out of varsity status for a few years. Um, You know, once a... You know, pretty good athletic uh, um, program up there. And I know some of their better teams, they weren't, one of the reasons they don't have a playoff win is some of their better teams played in the CVL league instead of the NHIAA. So they didn't let them go to the New Hampshire playoffs back then. I think this is going way back, but 1980, people tell me they had just a loaded team. Um, But, I mean, good to see Fall Mountain have some success. I hope the community's rallying around those kids and uh, win win or lose, it's, you know, I'm sure it's going to uh, jolt of energy for that program.
0: You know, like yeah, like you said, 14 points um, since they lost their first two games, um, four shutouts, including the playoff one. Turning around, I mean, they lost to Raymond 31 to seven that first week of the season. Um, you know, a long time ago, but still to turn that around for a 37 nothing win on the road, your first playoff game in, I mean, any of these kids' lifetime. So sure, I mean, that's yeah. a that's a big deal.
1: And and I saw Raymond uh, like I, th- I think I mentioned to you last week against Mascoma, and they they looked out of sync the night I saw him. But it was clear that they had a lot of offensive weapons. They could throw the ball, um, a lot of skill kids. So to keep them off the scoreboard, um, kudos to Fall Mountain, you know. And uh, that you you mentioned uh, some of the surprises, and that that's certainly one of them. The margin of victory there as well. Yeah,
0: uh, Fall F- Mountain did. Lose to Winnesquam, 33-14 to 14 in that second week of the season. Uh, the 33 points Winnesquam scored, the lowest amount that they've had in a game this year, not by not by much, by a point here or there. That was uh, a
1: zero uh, scoreless game with about 30 seconds to play in the first half. Yeah. And I believe it was still fairly tight into the fourth quarter. And Winnes- I know Winnesquam scored one late. They may have got the last two. So, um, maybe a little deceiving, that score, but um, um, certainly, regardless, Fall Mountains playing a lot better football right now than they were back then.
0: Uh, and that game, of course, is uh, the D four championship game this Saturday night uh, at seven o'clock at Laconia. Uh, we were we were looking at the weather forecast before we started recording Shorts here. Shorts uh, the, the and, and t-shirts. The low Saturday night in Laconia is seventeen degrees. There's right now is supposed to be seventeen degrees. Uh, so that should be uh, that should be a lot of uh, frigid fun. Um, I you know I've only been up there a handful of times, but I and it's been in the spring for lacrosse, so I'm not too familiar with what a uh, what a I I would say a fall football game is. But at this point, we're pretty much talking about winter football. Uh, I can imagine it's uh, it's it's not too, uh, or it is too. It is very frigid.
1: And you maybe that factor. I mean that maybe that's a um, helpful helpful factor for Fall Mountain. We'll have to see. But if it's windy. Certainly, Winnesquan throws the ball a lot more than Fall Mountain does. Um, Even the cold weather, you know, the the ball's hard, slick. It's tough to catch passes, tough to throw passes. So maybe that'll work in Fall Mountain's favor. We'll have to see.
0: What, um, you know, any other things that you're kind of looking at for this weekend or or that you hope to see, you want to see, or, or, you know, any any surprises that um, could pop up? Um, I I mean, at this point, we're not really – You know, unless somebody like an undefeated Londonderry or Bo goes down, I guess we're not talking about too many upsets because we've already had a lot of upsets. We're getting a couple of uh, low seeds playing each other in D2. You
1: know, I just think Londonderry's – I wrote a little bit about this in The Union Leader. Um, In my opinion, to beat Londonderry, uh, it's going to take a team with a really strong running game, you know, dominate time of possession so Londonderry doesn't have the football, um, and a team that plays really disciplined defense, no big plays, you know, make Londonderry earn everything, no 60 yard TD passes, long runs, et cetera. You know, maybe get a turnover here or there, um, which is a long winded way of saying, I think Salem is one of those teams. And should they win this weekend, Exeter is another one. Yeah. So Londonderry's path may be, um, you know, not to say they can't handle that, but it's not like... Um, I think if it was a team... Uh, London area was playing a team that uh, was trying to trade blows. I don't think that's the way to beat London area. Yeah, this is what I'm maybe saying. a little
0: more like itself. Um, yeah. That it was, you know, high, high scoring on offense with big plays and...
1: I don't think you yeah. want to match them that way or yeah. try to even. Um, so... Um, and, you know, I think you were at the first Salem-Londonderry game. That, I thought Salem was the better team for the first half. Yeah. They took the ball and marched downfield twice. It was tied at halftime. And the Londonderry's two TDs both came on big plays. I believe one was a long pass and a kickoff return if memory serves. So, um, you know, Salem got their quarterback banged up and the second half was ugly for them. But, you know, that's, that's going to be an interesting one. That's, that's, one, of the, uh, that's one of the ones I'll, I'll have my eye on for sure.
0: Yeah, as we, we talked about, I, I'm very curious about that hollis Brookline line bow game. Um, you know, again, just because of the, the contrasting styles. Um, Both Division two games yeah. are intriguing yeah, to me because
1: yeah. here's Plymouth again. Yeah. You know, you're just crazy if you discount them
0: in any I mean, form or fashion. I mean, I would have – I don't want to say that I would have – you know, I thought there was no chance that they were beating Pelham, but I, I, you know, I figured if they did, they'd be playing Milford this week, um, which I know Milford hasn't beaten them – in a long time, if I don't, I'm don't, i not even sure if ever. Um, there might have been a year or two, like, what, mid-2000s? Uh, Probably. In between Plymouth's runs there, the old D3. But, you know, I, I you know I thought for sure that it would be tough for them to get past either of those teams, especially going on the road. Um, but here they are.
1: Yeah, and you, you know the Plymouth team that's playing or will play Saturday is a lot better than the one that, you know, inexperienced group that they threw out there in the first half of the season. So they know how to win. Um, and it's not like they haven't seen Alvin before you know so they know some of the personnel right. and vice versa so and, and and when was
0: that when was the last time a team went to Plymouth and won a playoff game I I mean good question <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know the last time I don't think I've been around long enough there, to, there that haven't that to been happen. many yeah there haven't yeah. been many I
1: yeah. think you know I think of all the playoff victories in new hampshire history plymouth has like 10 percent of them or some <laughs> crazy figure you know yeah. so uh, um they're by far the most playoff wins of any team
0: yeah. uh he is uh roger brown uh new hampshire football report you can read his stuff there at uh, new hampshirefootballreport.com also the union leader uh roger thanks again for joining me sure thing i'm joe marcellina thanks for listening